All right. Welcome back, everybody. HSC Podcast 53. Got Big Box Steve on the mic. Of course, the Big Smooth. Uh, thanks for watching and listening. If you're listening on uh, Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, appreciate you listening. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and like. And uh, comments, always appreciated. Respond to all of them. Uh, coming up to March Madness. So this is for you guys, March Madness fans. Uh, we're going to talk a little about that today, but don't miss the tournament editions. So if you're listening to this one right now, we will have tournament picks throughout the tournament, uh, kind of like we do with the NFL, uh, except uh, I imagine we'll be more right on NCAA basketball. But who knows? We'll see. Maybe our NFL is better than our, than our NCAA basketball. We didn't do too bad in basketball. <laughs> We do pretty well in, in basketball, typically. I used to, anyway. So uh, we'll, we'll see how we do this year, and we'll, we'll make a comparison for everybody listening. Uh, before we jump into uh, some March Madness stuff, uh, you know, Wes obviously not here, but, you know, we talked last week about <laughs> a lot about Derek Carr. So we had a long, long Derek Carr conversation. and uh, Wes was right. Wes was right. So uh, Derek Carr to the Saints. So how, what do you think about that? I think it made sense in the way. Oh, excuse me. In the way that the way he left the Raiders, he wanted to feel wanted, and the Jets, I think, were like he he was like you know their second pick, so they're like going to prom. And they're waiting on the prom queen to say yes, but if not, we'll go. I'll go out with you, and that's what happened with the Jets. And he was like, "Screw this! I'll just go to the Saints." Yeah, I think that because obviously now the Jets are the Jets before really wanted Rodgers. You know, I think you're right in that point. Is that uh, I think they would have taken Carr if Rodgers would have gave him like some kind of hard no or signed with someone else or got traded by someone else to someone else. I Mm -hmm. mean. But I think with him still available, uh, they're looking at Carr as, you know, um, a lot of money for, you know, not a guaranteed winner, where I think they, they're seeing Aaron Rodgers as a guaranteed. They think he's a guaranteed winner anyway. Um, guaranteed where, to the conference championship and lose. Right. <laughs> uh, well, at least get into the playoffs, right? You know, I think uh, – and, and, you you know, you've heard them talking with Aaron Rodgers a lot and, and – uh, I, you know, he's been out there and had the uh, Green Bay said, okay, gave the okay for him to talk to the Jets. And, you know, he went out there and talked with them. I think that was Wednesday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And so they haven't uh, released a lot of that information yet. So maybe something's in the works there. Um, And I don't think New Orleans is a terrible spot for Derek Carr, given that, you know, the NFC isn't particularly strong in general. The division's real weak. You know, so uh, if and they're talking now about Michael Thomas staying, you know, so they're talking about signing, you know, Michael Thomas again, you know, and if he can stay healthy, that's a really good receiving core with uh, Olave and and Thomas. Uh, It's always good to have Taysom Hill, you know, if they can keep Kamara, you know, if they have solid players. Yeah, it looks like the Bucks are going to be in rebuild mode. They let uh they released their right tackle they released Fournette. 
Um, Levante David's a free agent. They were talking about releasing Devin White. So it's kind of like they're. Well, Dean, Dean's a free agent. Uh, Jamal, yeah, Jamal Dean too. is a free agent also. He's going to get a huge contract somewhere. So, yeah, the, the Bucks are definitely in, in full-on rebuild. Uh, Carolina, I just don't think is that good anyway. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what Carolina's plan is, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, like, what is your plan at this point? Like, I guess you, you go quarterback in the draft, or what do you do? Well, they're at nine, yeah. so they have, to, they have to trade up. Right. There's not going to be one of the four is not going to be available at nine. It, so you get rid of Christian Caffrey. You don't have a quarterback. You don't really have any good running backs. Your running back by committee wasn't terrible, but you're really not playing that hard of teams, you know. So, yeah, they might have looked good against Tampa and against, you know, New Orleans and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's – uh, and their defense, <laughs> not real strong either, you know. I, they got a couple of good young guys, but – yeah, I'm not sure what Carolina's plan is right now. They're they're a little bit off for me. Right. Um, Atlanta. Yeah, I don't I, know. We'll see if it's me. Atlanta's got some young talent that's developing right now. So uh, I think they kind of ha- – I still think they have to go quarterback. I don't think Reader was a real good pick for them last year. Yeah. I think they should well, have the thing is the, the South has no quarterbacks except Derek Carnell. Right. Because you're not going to trust Trask, you're not going to trust Ritter, and you're not going to trust Sam Darnold. Right. So, I mean, again, overall, I think it's a good move for Carr. He got paid out of the deal as well, so he's getting, you know, plenty of money. Now he's going to probably the best team in that division overall. And the NFC overall, I don't think super strong. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, chance to, to possibly make the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs... It's anybody's ball game, right? Yeah. And look at the Giants. He goes to Eli Manning and wins Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So uh so not not terrible for Carr. You know, I know you're a Raiders fan and you know it's it's tough to see uh, your quarterback go, but it's probably was time and and you know, kind of just wish him well and, and move on, huh? Yeah. I mean he <clears throat> I'm sad to see him go because I feel like he got all the the crap, even though it wasn't really his fault for that bad organization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't know. De- you can look at defensive stats and things like that. You can look at draft picks and, and, you know, screwed up drafts and, and things. And so, yeah, it's obviously, and, and his stats, I think tell a decent story about of, of him being an above average quarterback. Um, nothing to say, you know, superstar level, but not to say he's, you know, a guy you'd want to cut, you know? So um, right. I would say he's an above average quarterback. Uh, speaking of, of guys I want to cut that I wouldn't sign, so Daniel Jones signs this huge contract, right, to so the Giants. Um, there's just a couple stats that I saw, but so Daniel Jones is not terrible, right? He's a, he's mobile, which I like, you know, um, but is he really worth that much money? I mean, if you're the Giants, are you really spending that much on him? No, but it's like, remember when Joe Flacco got a huge contract? It's because it's kind of like your quarterback. But you got to look at, do I think Daniel Jones deserves that money? No. But you also have to look at the fact, who did he really have on his team besides Barkley? 
Right. I mean, Darius Slayton was their number one receiver. Yeah, so, he didn't have exceptional throwing stats though either, right? So like he did you see that there was something that said that he was the first quarterback to ever sign for over 20 million a year to not throw 20 touchdowns, something like that in a season. And it's like, it's pretty crazy when you think about the production he had and, and a lot of his production was his legs and they, they won some games. I think their defense played better than their defense is last year. Uh, and Barkley, you know, he obviously in a contract year was, was worried about his money. So he played like Barkley again. I mean, the problem is, is what's the alternative? Who, who are the Giants going to get? Right. There's no one out there. I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, you don't, you can't know that for sure, but you could land Derek Carr for a lot less money. I don't think it was a lot less, but they were comparable. The thing with the Daniel Jones contract is, is when, once you go delve into it, it's actually more like a two-year deal. So I think a lot of people took it as like, oh my gosh, she's getting 40 million a year. Da, 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 da. But it's like, they always do that where they say these astronomical numbers. And then once you look at the contract, they're like, oh, okay, this is why. Because it's the whole why Deshaun Watson and what Lamar Jackson wants. It's all about guaranteed money. That's right. all the number you have to look at for any contract. Well, it's also the 40 million includes incentive money too. So um, everybody like Geno Smith, everybody's like, Oh, Geno Smith got a huge contract, right? But he did get a good contract, but it's really only three years, 75 million. It's the hundred, the, the extra tw 30 million is all incentives, right? You know, and it's not guaranteed money like what you're talking about with Watson. That's why Watson's contract was so crazy. Um, and I think that's why Lamar Jackson is fighting so hard now because he's like, Look, dude, you're gonna give Deshaun Watson that. You know, I'm Lamar Jackson. I'm the MVP. Yeah. Well, because I, I was delving into this and got all, all the people saying it's racist. But um, what, what's coming across, and it's like owners like Mark Davis. Sure, he's an owner of an NFL team, but does he have $230 million in his pocket? Because right. that's what you need for guaranteed money. You have to have all the money, and you have to put it in an escrow account all up front and so that's why a lot of teams are shying away from because they don't have that kind of money right yeah no and and uh there's definitely some owners that are super rich but some some of these owners are, are you know franchise owners yeah you know you can't just come in and just be like hey i want to buy a team and and just start you know right and go out for a while it's not like Steve Ballmer or somebody coming in or, you know, buying like the Clippers or something and coming in buying an NFL team and just be like, boom, here you go. Well, it's that guy, the guy, the Jags owner, right? That guy's like super rich. Yeah, Shot Khan, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know how much money he really got. <laughs> All we know about what he reported to the NFL when he bought the team. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if I what need money. If I need to, I'll go back into the other account and I'll get more money at it. <laughs> Well, he's got his own wrestling organization too. <laughs> you ever you ever uh, watched uh, Joe Rogan podcast at all? Not in a while, but I used to. Yeah, he he did one podcast where he was talking about the uh, the oil Saudi oil money and just Middle East oil money in general. 
And he's like comparing, he's like, well, you, you know, everybody tells you that you think Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos and these guys are the richest people in the world, but they're not. He's like, these guys, they're, they're like trillionaires and we don't even know it because we don't, it's not the same way that we count money, how they count money. You know, you don't even know what they got, you know, and that's true. You know, it's a hundred percent true that, uh, we think, you know, Elon Musk is the richest guy in the world, but he's not even close. Yeah. What is it? What's that city that is like one of the, the, the richest cities in the world? Oh, Badai or, or um, yeah, Dubai. Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 There's so much money there. It's not even funny. And, you know, you don't even know what the money is really, you know, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that definitely makes sense for for Lamar. Um, I thought it was interesting though that they uh, they gave him the open tag. Well, because I don't think that, anyone's going to pay him, right? Well, maybe somebody does, or maybe he just wants to get traded and takes a deal, and that gets a deal for him, and they get a couple first rounds out of it. You know. Well, the thing is, is if it's a deal that the Ravens like, they're going to, they can match the offer. Right. Right. And that's all they're trying to do is trying to tell Lamar, like, cause he's his own agent too. He's like, you're not going to get all this guaranteed money. Here's this. Cause we don't even know what the Ravens have offered. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, if you're the Ravens, like, and you know, if you know, he wants out, like how bad do you want to keep him? Well, I don't know if he wants out. He just wants his money. Yeah. Because here's the thing is, so let's say Lamar gets, someone gives him 230 guaranteed. Guess who's coming up next? Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Yeah. They're going to be like, give me all this guaranteed money too. Well, and I don't particularly like uh, a lot of the ESPN guys, but they were talking about that. It's like you can't let Lamar set the precedent and uh, as this group of owners, you know, uh, especially with all these other guys coming up for contracts. They're like, you know, they're kind of it's not just Baltimore laying down the law. You know, it's kind of like a collective saying, well, yeah, that's why everyone was mad at Cleveland. Right. And Cleveland is like, we don't care. <laughs> We need a quarterback. You know, I mean, like, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm like, why should a guy that sat out a year for rape allegations get more money than me? Well, that's that's the thing is that's why he's a little upset, which is all kind of leads him to to be like maybe wanting out of Baltimore. Uh, who uh, Herm Edwards made a really good point. He was talking about he's like, look, he's like, this is why the agent is so important. Mm-hmm. because he plays that middleman and you're not hearing it directly from the horse's mouth. Like Lamar shouldn't be hearing the, why he shouldn't get paid from, right. you know, the, in the negotiations, like you need an agent who can spin that in a way. So it doesn't make Lamar mad. You know, he doesn't understand the, the politics of the game. Um, <clears throat> and one of the same as the agent point. could feel out to everyone to figure out what a contract should be. Right. Yeah. And so I think Lamar, uh, you know, hearing those things, that's a, that's a tough thing to hear of why you're not worth the money. Right. And uh, that doesn't sit well with a player, especially like uh, um, an elite player. Mm -hmm. So, 
So that was interesting. Uh, so speak about quarterbacks. I don't particularly like Colin Coward anymore. I used to like him, but I don't know if you heard his seen his show a lot lately. Um, um but uh they were doing the top ten NFC quarterbacks. And uh so I kind of wanted to hit on that. So is there Brady, ten good quarterbacks in the NFC? <laughs> Brady obviously is retired at this point, so he's not included. Um and then he doesn't have – they didn't talk about Aaron Rodgers because they don't know if he's right. staying in the NFC. So if, if when you're talking top 10, if Aaron, assuming Aaron Rodgers stays, I think he's got to be number one, right? Right. So who do you think they had at number one? Um, well, at this point, it would be number two. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you you it's close. Um, th- I thought it was interesting, but they picked Stafford. So Colin Howard's got Stafford as the number one quarterback right now in the NFC because he's assuming Rodgers is out. I thought you were going to say Stafford, but yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, Jalen Hurts. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of good stuff to say about Jalen Hurts either. Oh yeah, because he's a runner and he's undersized. Howard likes his prototypical guys, right? Uh, number three, um, Kurt Cousins. No, Cousins. He's got seven. Oh wow! Um, I thought that was a little bit of a surprise. Dak Prescott. Jared Goff. Oh, yeah. Jared Goff at number three. Like I said, there's not that many good ones. Right. But do you think Jared Goff is number three? I mean, he had a good year last year. You got to give him that. If we're going off of last year, yeah. I mean, but then you can't do Stafford because he didn't play. Right. But Goff's been to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a – how many Pro Bowl? He's got a few Pro Bowl. Yep. A few Bowls. Pro Bowls under his belt. So – Guess like you can't really argue that too much. Give Goff three. How about number four? Um, Kyler Murray. Yep, Kyler Murray. Don't know. I necessarily agree with that one, but. Uh, there's, I guess, there's arguments for Kyler Murray, but you know, there, I, I think he has some downside too. Yeah, but the, that's saying it's not about him being that good. It's him. It's about him being in the NFC, right? I mean, and Golf is a three-time Pro Bowler, so yeah. And then he's got Prescott at number five. Are you mad? Did they not put Fields in the top ten? Well, they didn't do nine and ten. Um. I mean, I imagine you have to put Fields at 9 or 10, right? You'd think. So they got 6 is where they got Derek Carr. Yeah. And then 7, Kirk Cousins, 8, Geno Smith. Yeah. Um, And 9, Justin Fields. Yeah, they did do 9 and 10. I mean, 
my guess is if they were doing it, they would have Fields at nine or ten, like you almost have to. But he did mention Brock Purdy and um, who else? One more, one more. Oh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Yeah, so he mentioned Jones and Purdy, and he said, "I'm not even going to rate them." Um, but you know, I mean, I got when I look at that list. Obviously, I'm a Bears fan and a Fields fan, and I think Fields is as good as almost any of those guys. Um, he, he well, he just needs to get his things. passing numbers up, and that might just because he's it's hard because he's young, right? And he doesn't have any weapons, so we have to kind of see next year what happens if they get him some weapons. Well, and he's he's at least this year, most of this year, he was they were running the ball with him a lot, you know, instead of passing it. They, I mean, designed runs, you know, he was definitely scrambling, but they were designing a lot of runs for him. <coughs> but Kyler Murray you know I mean that's he's a similar quarterback not size wise but as far as you know his running ability and his scrambling you're not designing a lot of runs for Murray though Mm -hmm. because you're not going to go head on with linebackers right well he's okay he has a pretty good arm though too well and then with Murray they made the playoffs last year I mean no yeah the year before yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, I mean, Fields was on a team that had the worst record in the NFL. Now, granted, it's not his fault because his team is so barren, but everyone talks about wins as a quarterback stat, right? I mean, oh, of course. And so that's why, for me, Fields gets an NA because I I still haven't seen enough of him with talent around him. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and and he'll have, I mean, it'll, it should be a better year for them. We'll see, but uh, you, if you were to pick a quarterback though that to start your team with, and you're talking about I'm going to start a franchise around these guys, I mean, you're not going to start your franchise around an old Stafford or an old Goff or an old older Kirk Cousins. But it's ta- not talking about who you could start a franchise with, is it? No, no, just top ten. But when I think of top 10, like, first thing I think about is, you know, who, who's going to be my quarterback long-term? Well, would you take a young Stafford as, you know what I mean? If you're talking when they were young. And Jared Goff's not that old. Yeah, he's, what, getting just 30, something like that? He can't. He's not that. He's 28. 28. He's getting close. Um, I would probably as a young group, like cousins, I would definitely not take when he was young. He's better now than he was then, mm-hmm. or at least everybody thought he how good everybody assumed he was going to be. Uh, Geno Smith definitely he didn't have a good you know he's definitely coming out later here. I never liked Dak from the beginning personally, right? So yeah, Stafford definitely when he was young, I'd take him for sure. And then uh, Kyler Murray, Justin, or nah, Jalen Hurts. Well, same thing. Like, when yeah. didn't you want to put Jalen? Jalen Hurts should be one. Right now, yeah. I mean, like what he did in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he had a great Super Bowl in particular. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, but, you know, I, I guess you look at Stafford last year and you say, you know, injuries and team injuries and all kinds of things. Yeah. But, you know, they uh, they were talking about these, uh, not on that one, but a, a different thing I was reading about these supplemental picks. Oh, yeah, the, che- oh, the, the 49ers. Yeah, you get 11 picks. Yeah. And... Uh, black yeah, coaches so- and black GMs. Well, they get like four from that, right? So four of them come from their coaches that moved forward. So developing minority coaches. But they also get these picks for, you know, not re-signing people. Yeah. And it's like, and uh, the Rams got a bunch for that same thing too. And it's like, you know, but that kind of hurts you a little bit too. Because you're you're saying, yeah, you're going to let these guys walk. But you can't just let everybody walk. Right. So that was something that. Uh... Well, and it's a sliding scale. So most of the third rounders released. Yes. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven third rounders for comp picks. Right. And I think the three 49ers ones were all for um, black coaches. Yeah, they got three third rounds, right? Yeah, and the, and a fourth. And you a had um, yeah, and then you had the Chiefs. I think for um, they had one black coach, right? And then the Browns had somebody. But yeah, I mean, it's a site. So like the only, so the Cardinals and the Commanders lost free agents that must have been really good. Right, Chandler Jones, uh, Cardinals got a good pick for him. Yeah, third round pick. Right, mm-hmm. which I don't understand. Chandler Jones didn't have that great year, <clears throat> but it all depends on. So, like the Raiders got a fourth, and or a, a fifth and a sixth, and that was for Zay Jones. And I can't remember who the other pickle was, but yeah. So it's usually you're getting like fifth or sixth round picks. It's it's going to be the the new thing of like if you have coaches or whatever, that's get you third round picks, and that's crazy. Right, right. I mean, can you imagine? Because third round to me, that's a good solid pick. Right, because they got one for Sala again. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. They got Sala, they got McDaniel, they got D'Amico Ryan's got the all three of them, and then Rand Carthon right. went as a GM. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like because when I look at third round picks, like these are the guys that got talent, maybe from smaller schools, you know, maybe they just haven't played, you know, in some of these bigger games and have the national mm-hmm. exposure whatever the case is, like, you could get some good, solid players in the third round. And so to get three or four of those, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, now you could take more chances, I think, earlier in the draft because, you know, you can say, okay, now who's left that's solid in the third round that I could pick up, right? But I don't know, do the 49ers have a first-round pick? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not. Didn't they trade them all from Trey Lance? Yeah. 
that's going to be an interesting dynamic in San Francisco next year. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little. Uh, let's talk a little basketball here. Oh yeah. So the the 49ers first pick is their third round compensation. There. If they didn't get those comp picks, their first pick would have been the fifth round. Jeez. <clears throat> so well, John Lynch said it, that was his plan. Banking on compensatory picks. Well, because they well, they must have traded well for McCaffrey. Right. Right. They lost a second and a fourth or gave up everything else for McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so so we got uh basketball, NCAA basketball, which you know honestly is one of my favorite times of year. I don't you know, there's just NCAA basketball tournament times, even the, the conference tournaments, which are going right now, but especially the, you know, the big tournament, it, it just hits a little different than any other sport does because there's so much energy around it. You know, it's uh, right. fans are really into it, uh, but everybody, people are really into it for some reason. People that aren't typically sports fans, like they just went to school somewhere you know, they're like doing brackets and and going for their team if it makes it, you know, wanting their teams to go. It's like like you, you see somebody doesn't even like sports and like Iowa went to Iowa State, you know, and now the Iowa State's in the tournament and they're like the biggest Iowa State fan that you ever seen, right? Uh you see this in your workplace and you see this just everywhere, you know. You go Buffalo people that don't even things. watch sports or don't even go to a school will do a bracket. Right, right. Yeah, or because it's the state they're from, you know. Yeah, <laughs> they're like you know shooting for that. So, uh, so it's, it's it's a good buzz, you know. There's a, there's a good buzz around college basketball, especially the men's tournament. Uh, so it's cool. It's exciting. It's fun to watch. It's fun to uh, to get into this every year. So, uh, one of my favorite times of the year in sports. But right now, uh, we're getting ready to to go into the bracket picks. And we talked a little bit about this last week, but I just kind of want to hit on this again. I feel like it's really important to watch the uh, conference tournaments. I think it tells you a lot about the teams going into the to the bigger bracket. You know, uh, how do you feel about that? What's what's kind of your thought process there? Uh, yeah, because you want to see who's hot, and you're actually starting to play teams that are good instead of having like a cake schedule of like maybe. We play like three or four ranked teams in the season. Um, and so that's what I, yeah, for the conference tournaments, because it's all like within a few days. Right. Right. And so it's a huge buzz. You have to play, you know, three games maybe within four days. And they, you can see a lot of metal, to, like internal, like who they are if they can make it through and win a bunch of games in a row because you want teams that are hot. Yeah. You don't want a team that is ranked in the top 25 and loses in the first round of their conference tournament. Yeah, that's rough because it's a long rest period, number one, right? So you got a lot of wait till the tournament starts. And then you're like, you're on this low. You know, you're not on that momentum. You're not on that high of doing well in your conference tournament. Maybe your confidence is down a little bit. So if you're looking at conference tournaments, you know, what teams lost 
early in their tournaments that are ranked high, you know, could those be possible upset teams? You know, as people uh, start to make their brackets. Uh, I think it's, uh, it also tells you, shows you like how they react in a tournament style setting, you know, because a normal game throughout the season, it's not win or go home, right? And obviously the, the big dances is win or go home, but also the conference tournaments are kind of win or go home because you suffer t- some teams that could be the difference between getting in the tournament or not. But for okay. some other teams, it's still like, you know, if you lose, you're out of the tournament, you know, so you're still, even though if you're in the big tournament, you're still out of that tournament. So right. it, 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 it hurts it you for seeding. Right, right. Which, you know, that could be good or bad in a lot of different times, though, because that's all bracketing, right? Like, sometimes it's like you might be happy that you dropped a few spots, you know, depending on where they put you, you know. Um, That's such a – I don't know, because it's not really luck of the draw, but, you know, there's obviously teams that benefit from their seeding or where they draw, what spot they draw. So the uh, for me the the conference tournaments not only they're fun to watch but I think they're important for people who want to get a better idea of what's going to happen in the tournament. I think it does give you some insight to to how the teams are playing and, and what teams you should look at. Um. So let's talk about the uh, the Pac-12 tournament for a second. Uh, looks like I mean Arizona. I think they were pulling out today, right? Yeah. I didn't see anything that was Oregon one, UCLA one. Where are you? Yeah, I was looking at that going because uh, what I was wondering, thinking about is like Arizona man. one. So the big right now, Arizona State and USC are playing. So you 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 could potentially have Arizona UCLA playing in this Pac-12 championship, right? Right, and then. You, you have them being two of the top seeds going into the tournament. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, that's an interesting, um, you know, just scenario to play out. Like how does that affect these teams as they go in? Cause then maybe, you know, you get them in the, the elite eight or the final four against each other again, right. you know? And so now you, you've got games like that, that I think make a difference. Uh, have you watched much Arizona and UCLA? Uh, no, not much throughout the year. I start start to do my deep dive pretty soon here. <laughs> Where it's uh, yeah, but I haven't watched basketball. a lot throughout the year, but I definitely watched uh, more UCLA than Arizona. But I think UCLA is a strong team right now. Uh, if people are looking <laughs> for like a good team to make sure you get some points in your bracket ucla i think will get you a lot of points uh go well on. they should be a one seed you would think yeah if they they finish out win the tournament i think they definitely are one seed yeah because <clears throat> the ap has them at two right now mm-hmm. they've won 11 straight houston's won 11 straight so they're a hot team yeah, like I said, uh, they also are a good team. So I think if I if I'm giving my early like 
favorite pick. I think UCLA is up there. Uh, I mean, you definitely, it's hard not to like Houston, you know, just based off their their star power, you know, and their record. Shooting, their shooting is, oh, last year, both. Hopefully yeah. their shooting is better this year. It was bad. Uh, obviously, defense is amazing. But... It looks like Kansas will probably come in as a one seed too, right? So maybe you're going to have UCLA, <laughs> Kansas, Houston. Bama. And then and then Bama, right? Yeah. But they, did Bama lose in their tournament? Is that why they dropped? I think they lost a, a different, different game. So I think they're on a bye. Well, shouldn't they be in the SEC tournament right now? Yeah, but the, I, because there are so many teams, I think they had a bye. Oh, okay. They play Mississippi State tomorrow. That, oh, there you go. Okay. That's why they weren't playing still. I was like, where's yeah. Alabama? Well, they lost to Texas A&M on Saturday. Right, right. Okay. I thought that was a tournament game, so. But that's tough loss going into the tournament, man, because Texas right. A&M is now ranked. They're number two in the SEC. Right. 23-8 But you still got Kentucky, you got Missouri, Tennessee, all ranked in the top 25. SEC looks tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. But, I mean, obviously, if Bama wins that – the SEC tournament, you got to put them at the other four seed, right? Or the other yeah. one seed. Other one seed, yeah. Yeah. So predicting the one seeds, yeah, I think you're looking at Alabama, UCLA, Houston. Is what Houston about- already won there? Nope, I guess not, not yet. No, yeah. What about Purdue? So Kansas, if they went out there, definitely. And Purdue's ranked number five. They're 26 and 5. They look really good. They got that big guy in the center. Yeah, isn't he like the player of the year or yeah, the seven footer? Yeah, they play Rutgers. Yeah, he's got he's averaging 22 and 12 or 22 and 13 almost. Oh yeah, Zach Eady. Yeah. Yeah, he's that's tough, man. Although last year he didn't look great. He's seven four. Yeah, he's so big. Cause in college, that's huge, man. Yeah. That's different. You know, in, in NBA, there's a lot of seven footers. There's not a lot of seven footers in college, and you know, there's not a lot of especially seven two, seven four. Right. That's rare in the NBA, let alone college. That's like that's where you give him the ball every single possession and let right. him determine everything. Yeah, so I think I think Purdue, they have a good shot in there. I think I could see them doing doing well. Uh, but you know, those are kind of the big teams. I think that as the tournaments play out, that's where I kind of pick my um you know, who's coming in hot, some of the sleepers, you know, some of those four and three, four seeds that, uh, cause you know, you, you, you do often see 
it's not every year that you just see one seeds, you know, in the right. the final four. You always have one outlier, at right. least. Like an eight seed or a seven, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yes. That's seven or eight again. And or maybe you'll have two twos, you know, or mm-hmm. you know, so you you definitely have that. And um a little you think you see that more or less now than you used to? I don't know. I mean, what didn't it? like NC State won when they were like an eight seed, right? Yeah, you don't see. I it's hard because you, everyone talks about it, but do you really ever see an eight nine seed win at all? Though, no, not, not it's very usually often. a one. It's like a one through four always wins. Right. Yeah. I mean, and for a while there was it was always like the top one of the top teams, right? Like a Duke, yeah. Kentucky, uh, UNC, or Kansas. Like it just seemed like it was always those one seat real powerhouse one seats, right? So that's the thing is usually upsets happen in the first few week, you know, the first few games. Um, but once you get to the sweet 16 there and stuff and lead eight, then it's usually the top seeds win out. Right. <clears throat> Although uh, Carolina wasn't a top seed last year and they went to the championship game, right? Weren't they a top four seed though? I don't remember what seed they were. I know they weren't a one, that's for sure. I think they were like an eight, weren't they? Was it? They were they were they weren't high for sure. Cause I, I remember the same, I, the same team is not gonna make it this year. Right. But I had them winning last year, of course, you know, but uh I got a lot of points from them late in the in the brackets because they weren't not a lot of people had them. You're there. right. They were an eight seed. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember I got most of my points late because we had our, I think I didn't, I win our bracket because they, I got all those points from them late. <clears throat> yeah. It was either you or Wes. I was out fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think I ended up getting a bunch of points from them late and uh, pulling the bracket out because of Carolina. Yeah, I was just concentrating on the women's tournament. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Was so yeah, Derek Uh So yeah, so uh, bracket. Well, you know, we'll have our brackets come up and talk about that this year. Uh, so that'll be good for people who want to get their picks, kind of like we do with the NFL. And then we can put a link in, and people can sign up for our bracket challenge. That's right. Yeah, well, we should we should get that set up. We'll get that set up for people. So if you're listening or watching, we'll get that set up here. If you want to join in the HSC podcast, we'll open it up to the to the listeners. I'll put that in the comments too, or in the uh, in the description, so people know. We'll open it up for them. That'll be fun. Maybe we'll get a few people. Cool. All right. Well, that's uh, any well, any final. Yeah, I got one. My big topic. What's your big topic? Jim Beheim. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot you. So, Jim Beheim is retiring now. He kind of got forced out, I think, because I don't think he ever wants to leave. But he's been with Syracuse for 40s. (laughs) 
47 years. And everyone, you know, he's retiring, so I get it. Everyone's like, oh. And they talk about how great a coach she is and how great. He won one national championship in 47 years. Right. One. And that's a long time. So typically, if you, if you weren't at the school you're at, I would say that's okay. But you're at a big-time school. Yeah. You're in New York. Right. So you got Carrier the best. Down. Well, the best college breeding or uh, not yeah, breeding, breeding grounds. Well, I mean, breeding yeah. grounds, but uh, <laughs> recruiting. <laughs> breeding yeah. not really, one of the best recruiting uh, areas that you could get, obviously, is right there where, where he's at. Being a New York school with all the New York uh, street ballers and, and kids growing up there, <laughs> the great New York high school teams. Uh, people literally like transfer into those schools, all the academies they have. New York obviously being the biggest basketball state tournament. You know, I mean, it's like you do have the cream of the crop when it comes to players coming out of there for sure. Right. And you look at it like when the Big East was big, you had Georgetown, you had Villanova, St. John's, Providence, Syracuse, all these schools. But you know what? Syracuse didn't win a national championship. No. Georgetown did. Villanova did. You know, Providence. Yeah, Villanova won a couple. Providence won one. I mean. Right. But where was Syracuse? It didn't happen until Carmelo Anthony came. Right. Yeah, and the only reason Carmelo, because that, that wasn't that the first time they had the one-year rule? Yes. So and then they got rid of it because LeBron right. came oh, out. No. Well, no, because him and LeBron played. Oh, yeah, yeah. They came out the same year, right. but yeah. yeah they Because Carmelo did a year in college, and then LeBron was coming out of high school. So, yeah, because yeah. I thought they had – I thought Carmelo had to because I thought Carmelo would have been a straight-out-of-high-school guy. But that – yeah. That can't be right, though, because Durant had to go to school. Maybe Carmel wanted to go for a year. Maybe. Because if it wasn't for him, then Bayheim would have been 40. Right. So many zero <laughs> championships. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and, and uh, so I guess I, I haven't looked at all of his career stats too deep. Like, I've never really been impressed with him as a coach just because I just think you you could do more at that school for sure. He uh, had the but, novelty of the 2-3 zone. Yeah. How many tournaments did he go to? Like, what's his career win percentage? Like, those kind of things. Well, he he – I mean, I guess he would be – he was a good regular season um, – So I think he made 30-something tournaments. So, you you know, 47 years, you're going 30 tournaments. He was 48, and so he must have gone to 29 tournaments because he was 48 and 28. Wow. He had five, only, he had five final fours in 40 six years right let's look at rick patino <clears throat> yeah so he wasn't doing 
typically terrible. I mean, I guess, yeah, who who are you comparing him to? Like, what's is the is it the problem that he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach? I mean, what's the issue? Because obviously he's going to Hall of Fame, right? Right. Well, let's say Patino. Um, less years because you know he went in did pro pro coaching. Right. He has two national championships and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven final four appearances. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that that's like where let's look to put him uh, the problem is to put him like, like talking like he's uh Dean Smith or Shoseski is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, where where does he where does he rank, right? So let's talk about top ten college coaches. I mean, obviously you've got, you know, John Wooden, you got Shoseski. I mean, those Dean are kind of you, two of your top, right? Dean Smith, great coach. Uh, you know, uh, well, I mean, I think Roy Williams has got to be close up there. Yeah. Because he was great at Kansas, too, you know, mm -hmm. before. And then he did well at North Carolina. So, so you got to talk about him being up there. Uh, what about the Arizona guy? Lute Olson. Lute Olson, yeah. I thought he was a pretty good coach. Well, let's see. Let's see. So Roy Williams has won three national championships and nine final fours. Uh, yes, Lute Olson. He's obviously up there. Uh, I mean, I think before it's all said and done, Bill Self obviously is going to be up there. Yeah, Lute Olson. So Lute, so Bayheim is <clears throat> parable to Lute Olson, but he had like four hundred more games. So Lute Olson won one national championship and had five Final Fours. Right, and in five hundred less games. So you're talking like, geez, that's ten less years or more. Yeah, more than ten less years because it's what thirty games a year if you go to the tournament and have a couple wins. So here's the one. Oh, he only has this is interesting. So you know, Cal Perry only has one national championship. <clears throat> Who's that? Cal Perry only has one. Oh, really? Hmm. But he has six final fours. Yeah. So he's already ahead of Bayheim. Right. <laughs> and he's he's about four hundred less games. Well, I mean, everybody's going to have like 400 less games because nobody coaches for 50 years. <laughs> uh, what about the Michigan State coach, uh, Tom Izzo? Oh, okay. Izzo. Yeah, Izzo should be. So you got to have Izzo should be up there. Because Izzo has. Oh, he only has one national championship. Hmm. But eight Final Fours. Eight Final Fours. Yeah, they were there a lot. Yeah, they didn't win a lot of them, but they were there a lot. And then, uh, I mean, you always got to think about Bobby Knight. You know, when you, I mean, I know he wasn't the the best attitude for a coach, but you always saw him as a, a high level coach. 
Yeah, let's see. Tark. Tarkanian, yeah. I mean, they at least had, you know, he, he's got a national championship under his belt for sure. Yeah. Um, what about? But that's tough, you know, come to UNLV, you know, that's a, that's a hard team to be with a long time and win a lot of games. Right. Let's see. Here's one. So that might be surprising. You already said oh. Patino. Like you already looked at Patino's numbers are better. So he's got to be like close though to top ten. Oh, Beheim. Yeah, I would say top ten. But the problem is, is everyone's talking. Um. Well, here's like, I can. He can be comparable to John Thompson, right? Even though he, I think, coached for. 20 more years than John Thompson, but Thompson had one national championship and three final fours. Right. But he, I wouldn't put him as a spectacular coach. Like, you know, I I wouldn't mention him with the greats. If I'm mentioning the greatest coaches, like if I'm breaking down the top 10 though, I definitely could, you could argue that he's in there uh, in that five to 10 range. But is he sitting with the 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 big guys for sure? Not. No. What was the coach of Michigan for the Fab Five? Uh, was that Larry? Was Larry? No. Steve Fisher. Steve Fisher. That's right. It's good to call him Larry Fisher. He only, yeah, he had one national championship and three final fours in about 600 less games. Right, right. Because I don't feel like Michigan had a coach for a long period of time like that. Well, here's one you got to think of. Um, well, because he went, he's now in the NF or in the NBA. Who's a be- I think is a better coach than a uh, Billy Donovan. Yeah, two national championships, four Final Fours, right in less yeah. time. You yeah. So, but sometimes you got some of these coaches like did a lot, you know, during short periods of time too shorter periods of time like so there there is that like longevity factor and like total number of of tournaments i bet you he's got to be close to to being on top of that list yeah because of longevity right you, you have to have a school that just doesn't care and just keeps <laughs> keeps you around well and look here you- i think this one no jay right out of your 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 basketball coach though out of your men's college basketball coach especially not recently but when you're talking 50 years ago when he started like you you all you're asking for is your coach to take you to the tournament every year right right but if i want to be considered one of the best you need to win more than one national championship if you're there for 47 years yeah no no doubt that you know he's not he could be there for 100 years you know and you're not you don't necessarily make you great right Mm -hmm. Uh, because uh Jay Wright, 
He had two national championships. Yeah. Yeah, so you could come in, you could do it. You know, you could fall into, like, uh, Kentucky times, you know, where you just – or Kansas <laughs> times where you just have these great teams and North Carolina times where you were – every year you're going to the Final Four at least, you know, you're winning national championships for a, a short, you know, a span of six, seven years. Uh, Duke teams, you know, like – Mm-hmm. Obviously, Shasiasi. I mean, he played at a higher level for a longer time, but there was a time period where Duke was in every Final Four. <laughs> it seemed like, right. you know. Well, I kind of think it's going to be like if we do um, a Rushmore, it'd be Wooden, Shasetsky, Dean Smith, and Roy Williams. Yeah, that's it's hard to argue that. Um, I think Patino has definitely put his stamp on the game. He's he's someone that that I could make an argument for. See, this is kind of crazy. You know, Dean Smith only won two national championships. Yeah. But he had 11 final fours. Right. That's what I was saying. They were there every year, dude. It was just like every year. I have one more I want to look up. I but think he's kept, only got one. Losing the, you know, it's like you you know you're facing duke all the time and kentucky all the time and kansas all the time there were some powerhouses i mean that you, you got to that's got to be the best time in college basketball when you know 20 years ago 20 to 30 30 40 years ago so that 20 See, to 40 i years. i think you know the best was the 80s right when you had houston Georgetown, um, North Carolina, you know, Villanova, NC State, the craziness that happened with them. And then you go into the early 90s with UNLV, Duke. Well, UCLA. I think was the golden, yeah. UCLA's Kentucky. You know, I think, yeah, from the the 80s and 90s, that 20-year period is definitely Mm -hmm. the best period. Like in, uh, in uh, Seton, Seton Hall against Michigan and Busio. Yeah, I think we just that's that's what's sad to me about college basketball. Like I've I've always been a college basketball fan, but I found the last ten years or so I watch it a lot less. Um, and like so, and you could say, well, you know that, that happens, but it doesn't happen with football. You know, like I never fell off of football or college football. You know. Um, is it matters more regular season in college basketball doesn't matter it's all about march madness now yeah yeah i know uh but i'm still like into it more you know like you i knew i could tell you the teams you know that were winning the conferences and you know ahead of time i didn't have to do a lot of research like like now like when i'm getting ready to my bracket like i'm gonna go dig into all kinds of stats and i'm gonna spend all this time like trying to figure out you know uh, it's kind of like handicapping a, a, a race, <laughs> horse race. Right. Just give give me the 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 Beckett, and I'll just go through the uh, the stat book. That's right. So, um, yeah, um, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you as far as like him not being great coach, but I, I definitely think he's uh, he's up there. But you got to put him up there. Uh, and then I uh, see. Looks like Ewing's out of Georgetown too. Yeah, but they only won thirteen games in two years. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's you know here's the thing. So 
like Georgetown's campus is in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. It's horrible now. But because I've been there, I'm not in, I walked by it. I was on campus. I'm like, oh, it's Georgetown. That's cool. But then, like, I went to New York and Syracuse and St. John's are there. Those teams should be so much better every year. Yeah. But, you know, there's a – the Big Big East just isn't what it used to be for sure. That's one of the teams that – Big East was so strong back, you know, in the 80s, 90s. Yeah. They were getting a lot of good players all the time, but it's, you know, it's that it's the recruiting. It's people are more willing to go national now. You know, they're going to go wherever they want these days. You know, they're not staying at home like they used to be. It used to be kind of like, hey, I was from this area. I'm going to go to school near this area. And that's why they, I think they're really good. Georgetown's a small school. I mean, they don't have a football team. Yeah, no, right. St. John's doesn't have a football team. Yeah, those are all those are the primary basketball. Seton Hall, they're all none of them have football teams, so they never they can't grow because where's all the money come from? Is football, right. right? That's why you get bigger stadiums. Or like Syracuse plays in the Carrier Dome, right? It's like amazing. Yeah, they so. definitely have the advantage of those teams for sure. They should anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that's a. I, I I mean, it's hard to like say you know make the kids go to college and play before they go to the NBA because it's just you know you just can't do that. But I think I I missed that part of college basketball where you know they played all four years and you had these teams that were just gel they gelled together after four years and just, some of those teams were just unstoppable at some points, you know. Once those teams got to that fourth year and you had three, you know, a couple juniors and a couple seniors that have been starting for a while, they were just made for really good games. Well, and then maybe just to get, at least stay till your junior year. That's what, what UNLV, they were all juniors when they came out or like four to one back to back championships as sophomores and juniors. Right. Right. I mean, Noah Horford and um, Brewer all were lottery picks. But they played till their junior year, won two national championships. Yep. Yeah, it, it makes it a lot more fun to watch for sure, you know. But you can't really like, you can't fold them if they're going to make millions of dollars. I mean, right. yeah, because they could blow out, you know, ACL or, you know, their knee, mm-hmm. knees, you know, whatever. You know, you don't want to take that away from them. I know. And I mean, I know it's football, but it's like the Marcus Lattimore. Um, remember yeah. like the South Carolina running back, he was amazing, blew out his knee, never was, never played in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. He would have been a really, really good running back in the NFL. I think. Yeah. And his was nasty too. Oof. Cause he yeah. had more than one, I think. And then, yeah, he, is, he had two, his, but really bad ones. Like that was rough. All right, well, let's wrap it up here. Uh, we got so. What's the official start date of the tournament? Well, we're not. Are we counting the first four? Because I'm not really. Yeah, I mean, did you get points for them? <laughs> not really. I don't think. 
So the first four is the 14th and the 15th. And then the first round starts on the 16th. Nice. So we'll probably have to, uh, we'll see these, see them next week, the 15th then for, uh, round one of March Madness. That'll be fun. Yeah. So thanks for listening and, and watching and subscribing. Please don't uh, hesitate to leave comments in there. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Good one.